What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Audio Frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Maybe more. It has no real-time limits making their way into your ears. First... From a place called Garniston, he is the Pyramid, Red Florence. It's going to be the funniest show ever because I'm all about the comedy and the money, money. baby. How much you can pay? And his partner, Fader Top End of Stevenson. From Mexico City to Beef Community Centre, I've got stories that are going to blow your mind. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Wrestling Daft, the world's best wrestling podcast. We are your hosts. We are Rob Florence, that's me talking, and also... Grado, it's good to have you back, Mr. Robert Florence, who is the old teeth? And the teeth are feeling good. I was off last week with Toothache. I know you probably never listened to it because I wasn't on the show, but just to let you know what happened, uh, I had really bad toothache. And because of coronavirus, just now the dentists can't drill, they can't get the drills out. So basically, you just have to suffer until it goes away, until your teeth die. So my teeth are all dead now, so it's all good. John, uh, thanks for filling in uh, while I was there. And, you know, I'm saying me and Grado are a host of the show at the top of the show here, but we also have to include John here. He's a key part of the Wrestling Daft team. He's, you know, he's doing his stuff on the sister show, The Marks, which you can always catch. It's, that goes weekly as well. It's a great show, fantastic show. I've been, actually, while I was after the toothache, I was catching up on uh, every episode of The Marks. I listened to all of them. Great stuff. What was your favourite bit? What was your favourite bit, Rab? My favourite bit? It's going to be a bit you were doing. Uh, see, that I've been loving the fantasy booking stuff. It's so funny, oh, yeah. man. I just love following that. along with that. It's absolutely, f- absolutely fantastic. I have to say, you're a good fantasy booker, John. All right, what was your favourite booking? It's got to be uh, the, the, the most recent one. Well, no, you might not remember, but one of the earliest ones you did was absolutely fantastic. The one where you had the boy going or the the big boy in the thing. So it was, it was all, it was definitely. That was the way I would have played it. Uh, Grado, how are you? I'm all right. It's good to see you back, John. Last week, he it was it was funny because I've never actually seen him presenting mode before. I was like, you take you take the reins, and it was. Uh, it's funny, man, right? Because he's just told me there that he's had some complaints about how much he swore last week as well. But it was, it was hilarious. He was like a an apprentice on a show on STV two or something like, like an intern. The way he was going, and before the an email here for Gemma, it's a girl. Gemma's a girl. Okay, Gemma, we don't usually make girl fans. In fact, that's the point. If there's any girl fans listening to the show, why don't you message us at, at Wrestling Daft? Next up, there was Monday Night Raw, and it was funny, man. Fantastic. Thanks, Grado. No, I know. I, I noticed that myself when I was listening to it. I was thinking to myself, uh, he's very sweary as well, isn't he? Very sweary, isn't he? He's a sweary he boy. Do you, you swear in the house like that, John? I, I, I have to apologise. We did have a complaint. I've already apologised on the Mark show for this. Brought Stevie, uh, who messaged it, quite rightly so, um, pointed out that my language was a little coarse um, last week. 
Uh, I apologise for that. Profusely, he compared uh, my swearing to The Sopranos. I didn't realise I was doing it. I apologise. I was just trying to be, you know, as cool as Rab. But don't I? Don't you be dragging our show back to the attitude era, mate. This is PG era wrestling (laughs) stuff here. Uh, Let's have a look at watch that, John. I want to catch up on what's been happening. Let's uh, catch up on some correspondence to see what the punters uh, have been saying. Now, Chris got in touch. He says, hi, on your last episode, Grado mentioned Robbie E being a dick. Can you elaborate on this? I thought he had a good look on TNA, wrestled well, but I always thought, and maybe Grado agrees, that he was a backstage fud. Now, before you continue with this, Grado, Robbie E, was he the one that was on the Titan Games? With Rock? So he was on Titan Games, and which... He was rotten on it, by the way. I never watched it. He only told me that I was on the show. Or somebody had told me. I think it was Adam Shame, actually. Adam Shame told me. Uh, you were in Robbie E's opening thing. He's wee yeah, montage. You were in there. But, and he was rotten. He was weak. Right. I never, as I say, I never watched it. But it was. What, what did that message say? I always thought that he had. Say that again. He had a what? Well, Chris, Chris thinks that Robbie E had a good look on TNA and wrestled well. Um, but he always thought, he had always had a feeling, and maybe Grado agrees that he was a backstage fud. Was he a BSF? I he was Robbie's a wanker, but um the cause the, the first time that I met him, I think um he had missed the first tour that I would ever been on. And then I caught with him for the first time on the UK tour and he just threw daggers at me all day. And we were all back at the hotel room that night and I was like, What's your problem with me, Biggin? He says, I'm the funny guy here. I'm the comedy guy. What? Right, but then everybody told me that he always he didn't like any noobs, which is funny because that rubbed off in me. The MD new came in, I'd go, "You think you are? What's your game? What are you playing at?" But he actually admitted himself. When he says to me, and it's funny because JB said this last week. He goes, "Why do a lot of people, a lot of people look at you? They see you. For example, JB hated me as well. He says that everybody he shows me to, they always instantly hate me." They instantly hate me. They go on my profile pictures, see my profile pictures, they don't like me. But then I turn them around. He says, well, it must be some sort of disease I've got or whatever. But anyway, um, he said that he didn't like me, but then after a couple of weekends, he did like me. But it's it funny, ma- I, bought, I bought his shirt last week on WWEshop.com. Is it maybe because you I remember way back at the start, you intimidated quite a lot of people when you were a lowlander. <laughs> and maybe there's just a wee bit of carry off for that lowlanders era, you know what I mean? And that kind of old school, and I did have that sort of mentality, I get that. I mean, I remember Shah saying the first time he ever met me, he looked at my profile picture and I had a picture with me holding Fighting Spirit magazine and he thought, what a strub. This guy, I hate this guy. But then he stuck on the British wrestling and they liked me. So, this is it. They just don't, they just don't get it. Because you're real. That's one of the things as well. This is one, an important thing to say about, about Grado that a lot of people out there don't really realise. Grado wasn't really an act. Like, Grado wasn't a term that's no like... Grado goes out and does his thing and does his promos and does his thing in the ring and stuff like that. And then he's a completely different guy behind the scenes where he's like, he's actually a really serious guy. You know, sometimes you get with comedians and stuff like that. You go, we actually meet him in real life. He's a bit of a downer and stuff like that. Grado's pretty much just Grado. Aye. That's what I hate. As it always say, your gimmick should be yourself turned up to 11. Hmm. Quite hard when you're, you know. Well, your gimmick is yourself turned up to 11, but you yourself are at 10. So you've only turned it up by like one. One. You've only turned it up by one, mate. Now, let's see what uh, one of our patrons, Jim, has got to say for himself. He says, hi, I know it was a few weeks ago that you were talking about how when you found out that wrestling wasn't real, but I was talking with my sister about it and she reminded me of this story. 
WrestleMania 9 had just happened and I was given a very grainy copy of it recorded by a cousin of mine. I remember watching it and being a big Bret Hart fan at the time. I was excited and a bit scared that he was facing Yokozuna in the main event. I couldn't wait to finish my dinner of a Heinz spaghetti and potato waffles. So after my mum had given up trying to get me to clear my plate, she took it away and I sat cross-legged in front of the TV for the big event. After watching it and seeing that Yokozuna had cheated to the hitman, I stormed off in the foulest of moods, slamming my bedroom door and sulking on my bed. My sister, after laughing at my exit for a while, came to see me in my room to find that I was writing a strongly worded letter to Jack Tunney, including the phrase, that cheating fat bastard, and fucking dick, Mr. Fuji. <laughs> after saying that, I, I can't send, after saying that she, he couldn't send a letter because it was rude, and no actually telling him that it was all work, she convinced me not to send it. She also reminded me that the only address I could find to send it to was an old WWE magazine address. So I could only imagine what the person receiving this letter would have thought if they'd opened this foul-mouthed scroll from an angry 10-year-old. That's sweet, isn't it? It's a sweet that's story. A I love story. that kind of story. That's beautiful. Can you see my dog button? Just a wee bit. Uh, heard that, mate. But uh, but I just wanted fair play to your sister for um, for no smarting you up in, in, a, in a brutal way. You know what I mean? It's a lovely story. Keep them coming, guys. Keep them coming. Now, we were looking for more girls to get in touch. Well, it says girls here down in John's notes, but I'm going to say we were looking for more women to get in touch after Gemma came on last week to talk about a love of wrestling and Emma Louise has been in touch as well. Um, Emma Louise says, just listen to the podcast. I'm a girl who listens to your podcast every week. So I'm going to say that and I'll change this. Just listen to the podcast. I'm a woman who listens to your podcast every week. Absolutely love wrestling. And Wrestling Daft is by far my favourite wrestling podcast. Um, Cultaholic is shite, she says. And <laughs> Chris Jericho's show is also shite. And Steve Austin's one's shite. As her saying that, not me. Thank um, you, last, Yeah, thank you very much. Last week we talked about Kenny Miller's appearance at a WWE show. Oh, did you? <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, we did. I don't know if you ever you ever saw this, Rob, or were you at the show? Because you, you go to no. quite a lot of the shows at the Hydro, didn't No, you? I don't think so. I think... No, um, but Kenny Miller appeared in the ring. Was he was he in the ring? Well, what, for what I saw, it was like a wee tiny clip on Twitter. He was in the ring. And I, I felt that he would have been half cheered, half booed. But according to this correspondence, it's not the case. Well, Big Andy's been in touch, said he was at a WWE show with Kenny Miller. He was a guest timekeeper and pretty much the whole crowd cheered him. Bar me, because I'm a Kelly fan. No. <laughs> I can understand that a wee bit because here's here's the thing. I'm trying to think if I was at a show and if a Rangers player appeared or something, you would cheer them because it's like it's a thing. It's a hometown guy who's a wrestling fan. You're just happy with that. It's, football colours don't matter. I but we were talking about last week that this is a guy who's a, who's had mayor facing heel turns in the big show. Ah, true. That's Do you know very what I mean? True. So That's we were kind of. What would have been the reaction been regardless if he because you know he played for Rangers and Celtic, so but that's cleared up King Kenny Miller. They should get Mo Johnson then an appearance would be good just to see what that reaction would be. They should every time a WWE comes, they should just get some divisive uh Celtic or Rangers player into the ring just to see what the reaction is. I mean, I'm surprised that... Vince doesn't do that. Just like let's let's wind them up, man. Let's get let's have Brian Louder up in there and get him winching Paolo De Canio in the middle of the ring. <laughs> I mean, uh, a brand panties say, match between Brian Loudrop and Paolo Decanio just to see what the reaction is. I was going to say maybe Ian Durant and Aberdeen at the Aberdeen House show or something like that, but that would be beautiful. I think uh, Loudrop winching Decanio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
We were talking about a Janny gimmick. We had Janny listener, Sandy, last week. Well, I was near they too well. And several people got in touch. They say it's already been done. Tyler Breeze dressed up as one. Jim Duggan did it in WCW. And people saying that Perry Saturn had a claim when he was cutting about with Moppy, I suppose. I suppose there's a bit of a... He wasn't a Janny, though. That doesn't count. And it's obviously... It a shoot Janny we had on last week, wasn't it? Johnny was a good guy, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. We were just talking, Rab, that a Janny gimmick would be quite a good gimmick for a wrestler. What do you think, Rab? He's got the keys for the locker rooms, Nora, and he's like, you're so making a mess of that locker comes. room and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. He's putting a light suit in the stadium. Everybody him now, Nora, and I and <laughs> sawdust on the blood and all that. Brilliant. Yeah, see, we missed you last week. We didn't have any kind of shit. We were just thinking about sand and ringing the bell on that. That was a good one, ringing the bell. Ah, yeah, bell. But he get but Sandy told us that that is no longer a, a thing. Janice don't ring the bell anywhere. It's automatic. Which it's automated, and it's automated. Automated. So. It's all been kicking off after Gradle was looking for COVID-related wrestling puns. Do I hear them, Rab? Since you missed them. Okay, let's hear your your puns. Is this your Tyler one? Tyler sneeze. Tyler sneeze. Good. Spike Dudley. The flu day. Matt riddled. Jim <laughs> held immunity. Okay. Isolation of domination. Outbreak Jack, rated R-rate superstar, and bash at the le- Jason Leach. Um, great. That's great. I really like it. Let's see what the punters are joining me this week. Graham says Nation of Isolation. Which is kind of just mine. It's a reverse. It's a bit right. Alistair says Rate Mascario. <laughs> Sorry, that. Lucha House Party Interrupted Biropolis. What? And the Ayatollah of fucking Corona. What's the Lucha House Party? I don't get that. Lucha House Party interrupted by... Oh! Slow. Sorry, mate. That was a good one. Andy Muirhead says NHS test and Tracy Smothers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pandemic pandemic Foley. Mm. And Fever Marie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I like that one. Stephen says R number truth. <laughs> that's better than I read. That's it. That's the one. That's good. China virus. <laughs> what? China virus. Yeah, okay. That's, that's what Trump calls it, right? The China virus. I don't know. China. Jesse, the antibody Ventura. Oh, that's, oh, yeah, that's a belter. That's, that's a, belter. a belter. And COVID Cabana. I love it. I love it. Yeah, Jordy says, I can't think of any COVID-related puns, but if I remember correctly, there's been plenty of folk in wrestling who knew about COVID years before. For example, they had Undertaker versus Yokozuna in a coffin match at Survivor Series 94. There was a cracking can he be in two meters strap match between Savio Vega and Stone Cold that's stuck in your house 8pm where they put the light eight, stuck in your house where they put the lights out at 8pm for 10 minutes to go outside to clap for the NHS the fuck's he talking about and my favourite match growing up had to be HBK versus Undertaker at Bad Blood the very first hell and self isolation match where the Undertaker's quarantined brother had to come in wearing a face mask and <laughs> unplug him from the big red life support machine <laughs> I mean, my God. It's funny, man. It's funny that a guy just sat and came up with it. <laughs> no! <And I, laughs> think through it, like, sitting there for, like, tools in his house, his missus, like, right, are you coming down for dinner? Hold on! Hold on. I need you something for Kane here. Um, <laughs> no, but then he's going, come on, have a look at us. What do you think? <laughs> You're listening to this, Hen. Right, what do you think of this? A coffin match. You get it? And Westy, Westy leaves us with this for next week. How you doing, Westy? She leaves us with this for next week. What is the weirdest dream or nightmare you've ever had featuring, <laughs> featuring another wrestler? Mine was when I had a dream that I was wrestling Big Show. 
And my other one was when Bram chased me with a steel chair. Grado, have you had any weird wrestling dreams? Oh, Louise, that's hilarious, Louise. That's so funny, man. That made me laugh so much. The only, <laughs> the only, um, the only kind of—I've never dreamed dreamt about other wrestlers, but I've had that. Your uh, music's playing, and you're like, then I shite or something, and you've not got your gear on, and you need to go, and you're wearing your trackies and stuff like that, which has happened in real life for me as well, actually. To be honest with you, and I forgot my gear, but I've, I've, I've had that kind of recurring dream with the music's playing, and I'm not anywhere near the ring, and I have, I have to run. That's quite a kind of. You ever had any wrestling dreams? No, I've had dreams. Uh, I, I do have a version of that dream, though, where it's like you don't know your lines. It's like mm-hmm. action, and you don't know any of your lines. Right, and you just know that you've forgotten your lines. It's just that you've not even you don't even know that you don't know looked at them. Aye, that's it. You've not even had a look at the script. <clears throat> no. I've had that before. <clears throat> Nightmare. <clears throat> Nightmare. Johnny, ever ever had any wrestling related dreams? Probably one about Lana, but that's probably about it. Oh, here I'm now. Right, hold on. Here I'm now. He's getting. And if you want, what is he like? He's turning into the wild man of fucking podcasting the past couple of weeks, man. If you want to get in touch with us about any of that, I'll just random wrestling related stuff. Get us on Twitter at Wrestling Daft, on Insta at Wrestling Daft Podcast, just Wrestling Daft on Facebook, or email us at wrestlingdaft at gmail.com. Now, it's that part of the show every week. We like to separate the good for the bad and the wrestling, the no having toothache to the having toothache. <laughs> uh, right, what, what, what are we burying and what are we putting out this week? Right, so um, I have watched the top 10 moments for, for Raw. I don't know if there's anything good for that, nothing I can bury. I've been reading a lot of stuff about Lars Sullivan. He seems to never be at the the dirt shits these days. He's becoming quite a character to keep an eye on, as you know. Oh, yeah, he sure is, right? Mm-hmm. Well, tell the audience what's he been up to. Mm. Well, apparently, we're, we're seeing screen grabs. We're hearing, you know, he's been quite um, homophobic online. That, 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 not sorry, that had been uncovered before previous tweets where he had yeah, yeah, yeah. done mm. some homophobic slants, homophobic, homophobic slants. It turns out he's been involved in a sort of. Um, Pornography. Have you heard about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about this. I. It was. It was. It's quite. You know. It's. It's ironic, isn't it? Um, it's a difficult one. Secret? It's a difficult one to discuss, isn't it? Um, Aye. Do we? Do we? I don't think we should be discussing this, sir. What do you think? Oh no. Well, let's move. Let's move on. <laughs> I mean, I think it's fine if the listeners get themselves in trouble and and there's legal action upon themselves. But I don't think. Would I get in trouble for what I've just said? No, know. definitely no. Definitely no. Right. Uh, I, I want. Back, I, I need. I need to fucking. I need to get Grant the bar back, man. <laughs> you need that lowlander's attitude back. The lowlander swagger needs to come back. Aye. I, I, I want to. I'm going to put over Lana winning the battle royal for the title shot on it. And here's why I want to put it over because I've been because it just amuses me. It amuses me when for weeks and weeks when the storyline's been developing, you've got all these fans going like that. Oh, Vince is getting her put through tables because the big man's went to AEW. That's Vince getting back at him by getting her to put... And it's... How how daft are fucking wrestling fans? Mm-hmm. He Sometimes. does not give a fuck about that. How daft are wrestling fans? They think, 
This Lana went through a, a went through a table again because Vince is annoyed about he'll do that to her every week now. Did they get come on? Get a grab, man. And these are all people that think they're in the know as well. They're all people that think they, they they've seen behind the curtain that are saying this stuff. I daft these man. Come on. Um, so I like I like to see a storyline developing that you know that that, that proves uh, that Vince doesn't give that Vince doesn't give a fuck who goes. Oh, what was the deal, Rob? The days of Vince caring where guys go is over, man. Sorry, Grado. No, Sorry, no I was just wondering because I saw the top 10 moments. Was she you not know, initially teaming with Natalia and then they sort of split up at the end? But then was there a kind of impromptu battle royal for a number one contender? Was that the deal? No, no, no. She was in the battle royal way, um, Natty, and Natty had won it, it looked like, but they'd forgot about Lana and she came in, she did a wee bonk and knocked her out and won it. And then Natalia was like, We're finished, it's over. Right, right. Okay, okay. Okay, cookies. That's cleared that up for me. So I think Lana will maybe win the title. I've got a feeling. I think, right. Yeah, could have been the title. Right. Uh, let's see what the punters are saying. Rico wants to put us splitting the new day between brands for Big E's sake. Seems a risky but interesting decision. It's sad to see them apart, but it makes sense to have E on his own if he's chasing the Universal Championship. Certainly he's a different dynamic to when Kofi went after the title. Kofi did it with support. Can Big E do it on his own? Does E want to do it on his own? He lives in hope that this has been thought through, but it is WWE. And he wants to bury whoever texted the Young Bucks back for Hangman's phone on BTE. I don't know what he's referring to there, but this guy is obviously keeping very up to date with all the, um, all the YouTube content and stuff like that from AEW and is deep into the storyline. So AEW doing a good, good job there uh, with Rico. Uh, how would you think about Big E being split up for the rest of the new day? Would you, you should take one out, boys. Well, I was kind of interested in it but then i watched them on talking smack and apparently they've not been together anyway since february they've not tagged in a year but yep. the first thing i did think about was Jura because i remember you saying here that you would like to see him get a get a rocket strapped his ass and go for the, the heavyweight title and i definitely think he's got that in him so it'll be yep. interesting to see you bonus for you <clears throat> i want to see him against roman mm-hmm. that's what i want uh, dan wants to put over toru yano's matches and gw the g1 never fails to entertain i'd love to see a grado and yano match one day just pure fun would you be interested in that, Grado? Google. Google's just having a Google. Dan was the kind of comedy guy in... Oh, that's the guy that's always with Cabana, isn't it? I'd love to watch that yeah. guy. I would love to watch that guy, definitely. Uh, but Dan wants to bury splitting up the new day. Also, hold on, I'd rather tag with him than, than wrestling, because uh, it just makes no sense. What a six-man, no that would be me, Cabana, and that guy. That'd be cool. Um, and he wants to bury splitting up the new day across brands, I suppose it's better than them turning on each other, though. Craig wants to put a Ricochet's Eddie Guerrero tribute on Raw with a steel chair. Great wee spot that worked so well in the match. Oh, I got a wee good. issue with that. I, 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 as a face, I don't. I didn't really like it. I feel as if that's got. I think that's better used when a bad guy does it to a good guy. You get what I mean by that? Good point, mate. Good point. That's a kind of um, that's a kind of Cornette style point you're making there about the kind of logical. I think it makes sense. I think you're Gee. right. But it's always good to see a wee bit of a nod to Eddie Guerrero. You've got to remember that Eddie Guerrero, as a babyface, did a lot of cheating as well, though, mate. I, no, I, de- I definitely agree, but there's a difference between Guerrero and Ricochet. You know that there's anything wrong with Ricochet. I just think any time I've done that... You try that, to get a match with Ricochet. Do you know what? You try, I what you try to work yourself into a match with Ricochet here. It was going to happen at one point. It was going to happen at one point, but then um, <clears> it didn't. He's a very similar style of workers. We are. <laughs> <laughs> Craig wants to bury Lars Sullivan being back in the telly. Shite wrestling, shite human being. Gempty fuck. Right. That's the kind of thing John would say. Gempty fuck. I don't swear anymore. 
Um, Neil wants to put over the Inside the Ropes magazine, signed up after listening to last week's Mark's episode, and I just finished the first issue, a true spiritual successor to the late great Power Slam. I want to bury younger me for giving away my entire Power Slam collection during a clear out. What a jabroni. This is Matt, I got the Inside the Ropes magazine as well. I like to look at it as well. It felt like I kind of had a 90s feel to it. Um, only problem was there wasn't much, in fact, I don't think there was anything at all today with British wrestling, but that's fair enough. That's the way they want to go. Um, but with regards to the Power Slam clear out, it's funny, man, because I know what this guy means, but if you go on eBay, you can get all Power Slams for like six, seven pounds. Now, I know you'd probably rather have your own collection, but it's it's amazing. I mean, I've got programs up here for it's weird, right? I've got old Rangers programs for like 1972 old firm, and they are in truly mint condition, and I've got them for four or five pounds. And it always ceases to amaze me that somebody's kept a magazine for all the for years to sell it for less than a tenner. It's a fucking point. People just are getting desperate though, aren't they? Financially and, and the things they love need to go. Um and <laughs> they come into your collection and you're just like He's daft bastards fucking selling this stuff. It's fucking good quality as well. I guy's guy's probably deep now. The guy's sold it to you. Um, nice to wrestlers wants to put over the collective shows for this weekend, specifically Joey Janela's Spring Break and Bloodsport. Featured a lot of breakout talent who will likely be signed to major promotions within the next year. And what's the bury WWE for not drafting Andrade? Just send them back to NXT for God's sake. Shut up. Uh, Ross... Send all this stuff about send them back to NXT, send as if these guys want to go back to NXT. Well, please send me back to NXT. Please send me back to NXT. Fuck off. <laughs> they should send Big Drew. Big Drew's doing well, isn't he? They should send them back to NXT. See how much he likes that. Fuck's sake, get a grip, man. Send them back to NXT. With fans like that, who needs enemies? Know what I mean? Ross wants to put our Gredo for his interview on the Flip the Mindset podcast. Well done, Gredo. I never heard that. Is that what, what is that? Um, it's a podcast that was about um, it's kind of about mental health and stuff like that which I've never ever done before so I was only talking about my mom dying and Adrian dying and stuff like that so if you want to hear a laugh mate sounds like a good laugh oh, right? then. <laughs> in, uh, is that a comedy podcast? Uh, <laughs> I mean there's there's bits and bobs in there but there is a serious tone to it Robert as I say it's I've never done it like before and I've always always get freaked out about talking about serious stuff like that but um, uh, it's good on you man it yourself that. mate be there all day. Ah, oh, fuck it. It'd need to be a long episode if I went on it, mate. Be sectioned after it. <laughs> um, Keith wants to put uh, uh, Jericho being brilliant for the last 30 years in wrestling. 30 years of wrestling, mate. Whew. See if you had to... See if, Here's an interesting question, Gredo. What age would you need to be still wrestling it to have wrestled as long as Chris Jericho? Oh, two. So what's that? What was your first match? Well, actually, Wait. my first match was in 2004. So I was 18, so what's 18 out of 30? 48. 48, I'd be 48. Oh, you, you'll do that, won't you? You'll still wrestle. It. You'll wrestle at 50. Oh, fucking right, I will. I don't do much to know, do you know what I mean? I'll still be doing that when I'm 50. Geese it any time, man, no bumps. Um, the elbow. Keith also wants to put all the clown that took... When he says the clown, by the way, he's not criticising the guy. The guy was actually a clown, right? He was dressed as a clown. Also put over the clown that took that Judas effect... Did you did you see the clown I at the party taking the Judas effect? I did. Fucking hell, that was that's a belter, wasn't it? They, they, was, they always, wrestlers always do that. They always do that with it with the kind of non wrestlers. They'll they'll protect the wrestler, but they'll just lay it into the pair wee fucking strob that's been paid ten bob to do it. Um, I, I I would like to think Jericho bought him a wee something after that, a wee bottle of champagne or something. Or you know what I mean? 
Just mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I think Jericho is the kind of guy who would sort out a guy for doing that. But, you think so? Aye, I think so. Yeah. But once they bury the Jericho tribute party at the end, there was so much more they could have done with that. I think missed opportunity. Well, there is a pandemic on and stuff, so it's like Ben wants to put over Kevin Owens two great matches on Raw and SmackDown and put over the Fiend too. I'm liking the stuff with Alexa. I like that as well, Rab. Do you? No. Have a guess. I'm gonna say I don't know. But I, you, I thought you would have liked it, but you don't like it then. Well, what is that? What's he like? It's different, isn't it? What's that? Is it different? For what? Goths and that. <clears throat> and the spiders and scary things and stuff like that. Is that not different? I don't know. I thought you'd like it. It's annoying me one person okay. cutting about with a red light on them. Never mind, no, it's two people with a red light on them cutting about. It's just, I just kind of feel like, what? what is it? Like, pull the trigger on whatever it is you're doing. Week after week, just having this slow hang me into like, oh, She's cutting about with him now, or she's in another corner. They're both doing the same thing. They've not done anything with her look. There's no really any real backstory to it. There's no really any explanation to it. Where's the money? As du- as Dusty Rhodes always says, right? Any angle, any angle, any idea, any storyline, anything you tell, storytelling wise, in the world of wrestling, what's selling the tickets? So Alexa is way the fiend now and they're doing this thing together. What are we building towards? What are we wanting to what what is the what is what is the point where we're gonna go, I need to see this, I need to buy a ticket for this? It's empty. It doesn't have anything yet. There's no where's the rivalry? Who are they up against? Who are they fighting against? Who's the rivals? Who's the natural rivals in this? What we want to see. Are they even faces or heels? It's hard to say. It's hard to say they're heels. Are they heels? Are they faces? What are they? Where's the money? Where where are the tickets being sold for this? What's the point? Yeah, right, it's a lot of shit, and I was just kind of showing off that I watched it, and I just said that's good, isn't it? I, didn't I think the problem that this is the problem that fucking Bray Wyatt always has, though, is that you know he's 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 such a good performer and promo guy and stuff like that that they lean so hard into that they kind of forget that fundamentally he still has to sell wrestling matches. It still has to be like you know, it has to build up towards two guys in a ring or him and Alexa. What are they going to start doing mixed tag matches? What what are we building towards? I don't see the fucking point. We'll see long at him shortly, won't you? And anyway, Ben wants to bury splitting up the new day and making Lana the challenger for Asuka. Surely going to be a quick match then the submission game over Finito birthday card pish. <laughs> Woo! Anyway, you can get me a wrestling daft at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. I Gredo, you tell them the tears. Tell them about the three tiers we've set up. It's almost a wee bit like the three tier system that England has for coronavirus, the alert system. So on you go. Tier 1 is a Cruiserweight Champion, that's $4 a month on that, you get a patron-only chat community, you're going to get ad-free versions of the episodes, early access, you're going to get random bonus content, video version of the Marks podcast, and you get to vote on what you want to see featured on the list of wrestling draft, and for the Marks, Fantasy Booking Island. On Tier 2, that's $10 a month, you get everything in Tier 1, as well as a video version of the podcast each week. There's a bonus episode once a month up there now, you can get Rabo and Wrestling, the first two parts of the Gradle It's Yourself story. And we were going to record this last week, however, um, you did have Toothache Rabbit, we were going to be doing the RF, RF stands for Rob Flaunch, Rob, yep. RF Shoot Interview, I was going to interview you, so we're going to get probably that done in the next week. Plus this week we're going to get brand new monthly shows from the Marks, the Dafties, that's what they're calling it, and we're going to be talking about the best and worst wrestlers, best match and best moment of the month. And you can also join our Patreon pay-per-view parties, tier 3, you're going to be paying $20 a month. 
You get everything in tier one and two, as well as a free wrestling daft t-shirt, um, but you must sign up for three months. Plus you get to feature on one of our shows as one of our marks or do a run-in on the show. So if you fancy that, becoming one of our patrons, sign up at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. It was we would like to welcome you to the roster. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the part of the show as we invite you, the listeners, to do a run-in. Come on to the show, ask what you want. You might want to get our thoughts on the WWE draft. I just want to know who has the worst banter backstage. Well, this week, let's welcome the show a man who provides most of the content for this show, to be honest, and a former two-time, at least two-time, for two-time listener of the week, Mr. Bronze Cello. Oh, he's got... Um... What do you call him on his profile picture? Him that doesn't really like me, and I don't like him. There he is. There oh, no, he is. Going. He's uh, looking good. Look, he has dressed up for the occasion. Uh, it's great to put yeah. our face to the name, mate. Oh, chips, cheese, and donut meat t-shirt as well. Get in it's there, a nice man. T-shirt, that's a nice t-shirt. Isn't it? That's cool. Yeah. So where are you? Are you from? Are you from Aberdeen? Um, I'm up that way. I'm from Elgin. Right. So we're getting closer here for connections to Bingo Balance here. What do you reckon? This is kind of his neck of the woods. Well, it's his territory. He's, uh, he's from uh, I'm reckoning once we get back going, I'm going to get through WrestleZone and I'm going to go and see the legend himself. I need to go and see Bingo. I mean, I wonder I if can't he believe knows. Why have still not got him in this show? I can't believe it. We need to get Bingo Balance on this show. I love how he, he just no-sells it. He's never ever tweeted me. He's never messaged me. He just, do you know what I mean? He just takes it. Just He's no interest. In it. I don't know if there's heat there. or. I mean, he is probably our favourite wrestler. Without a doubt, a right. favourite wrestler. So how you doing? What's your, what's your real, your given birth name, mate? Um, so my name's Paul. Um, I'm doing all right. Just uh, keeping busy with work and everything at the minute. Just trying to watch as much wrestling as possible. There's there's just so much content out there at the moment to try and keep up with. A lot of good companies putting out some good shows, even though, you know, reduced crowds and empty arenas. It's it's a good time to be a fan. Um, you know, like everyone's pretty much shut down we're filming fresh content every week. You know, can't complain as a fan. So, who's your favourite mate? Are, are you like John? Is it Lana? <laughs> Lana. <laughs> Lana's John's favourite wrestler. Um, I, I don't really have a favourite. I'm I'm glad that Drew's over there and he's flying the flag for us. And um, you know, he's he's doing some great things over there at the minute. And um, seeing him winning that rumble, you know, um. It's brilliant to have. It's a brilliant to have a Scottish guy that's that's that good, up on top, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, especially you know we're a bit of a laughing stock when it comes to like you know football and stuff. Like I, I don't follow the football, um, but you know everyone takes the piss out of us for that. So right. you know. we were talking Rob last week about um, the the Drew documentary on the network. Did you manage to catch that? I've not watched it yet. No, I've not watched. It. I've heard it's really good though. Superb. Did you see it, yeah. Bronze? It's, it's one of the best things I've seen on the network, to be honest. Um, you know, seeing all the old footage from when he started out, the, the ICW matches, seeing the the black label coming out at Chug's house party, you know, Gredo, you were in that match. Um, 
you know, when, when Shah turned babyface, you know, if you want to use that term, and right. um, you know, that's some match that, that's probably one of the best matches I've actually seen live. Really? The one with Bram and it was a big kind of six man type thing, when it was a five yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Aye, and Renfrew passed through it, didn't he? Did you see that? He actually shoot um, fucking lost consciousness. So he did. I don't know if it affected the match. I just remember he, he kind of crashed through it. I don't know who was putting, who had a hold on him, but I remember he was like fucking. I think it was a there was, was a botch to it because was it in a hold? He passed through it. I I don't know if he was meant to tap and he just he was he passed through it. It was weird. I've just got this memory backstage. Everybody arguing after that match. <laughs> a day, a day. I don't I don't remember exactly what happened, but. Aye, uh, that was a good. That was that was at the first hydro because I remember again moaning always not getting the music, but it was still that was a good buzz of hydro. That was a year after Drew. But going back to the the Drew documentary, mate, rabbit's brilliant. Conscience is in it. Conscience is in Conscience, it. Conscience, there's just a slight cut because Drew's first match was against Conscience, and it showed you right. kind of like during the day in Linwood, which was, was amazing. It, was it Con and his white and his? Yeah, white I think he was. Aye, aye, it was. His, he was. He was being conscious. He was all conscious up. Um, but. It was amazing. They had like footage when he went down to FWA. They had footage for um, BCW training school. They had footage for the Jake Snake Roberts seminar that I was talking about a couple of weeks ago. I don't wow. know who's got that footage, but I need that footage, man. I want to, I want to see uh, how if I look back. I sort of guess, I'd probably say it was Davey Wilson because um, he gets a fan cue at the end. I I know he did provide a lot. He probably provided a lot of stuff, but I don't think he because he wasn't in. He didn't go to the, that training seminar, but I would imagine that he did provide quite a lot of stuff. I noticed that he did get a fight and film of his own. He actually they told me that David Wilson got a thank you for it. But, um, did Jake the Snake maybe film it himself? <laughs> Just to kind of, so he could remember where he'd been. <laughs> I don't think, I, And I, I think if he actually showed him that footage, he still wouldn't remember that day. It's bloody amazing, isn't it? I need to watch, I need to watch that. I need to catch up on stuff. I had really bad toothache. I had really bad toothache, Paul. Uh, um, how was the tooth? You all right? It's all right. It was actually two teeth as well, so it was like it's all right. It's eased half a new, but it will come back. It will make a comeback. You know what I mean? It will be a zombie set up at some point in the middle of the night and um, sort me out. I'm sure. So, uh, so what promotion is your? If you could only watch one promotion, because I know you're a guy that likes to keep up with all of them, right? But see if they all had to go and you could only watch one promotion at the minute, who would it be? The show of the week at the minute, it has to be SmackDown. It's, it's definitely putting out the best content. Um, Probably a toss up between them and AEW, and it, you know, for doing empty arena shows, Impact's putting out some great, Mate, great stuff. Took the words out my mouth. I was on the UKFF the other day. Everybody's saying, "Can we finally get this?" Uh, can I stink that TNA's go? Impact's apparently knocking it out of the park right now, and the Rock's going to be bound for glory. Oh yeah, and um, he's he's doing uh, Ken Shamrock's induction, isn't he? You see that? Rob. Is he? Brilliant, yeah. It was amazing, man, because Ken Did Shamrock, Shamrock asked him on Twitter. Aye. Mm-hmm. Right, and the Rock said absolutely no problem, big man. Because I did see Shamrock tweeting, and I went, Oh my god, I hope the Rock sees this man. I hope the Rock's a bit weird yeah. after they'll end up getting fucking, I don't know, who'd, Ryan Shamrock to fucking introduce him or whatever. But he replied, I don't think Ken Shamrock would have asked if he didn't think the Rock would say I, though. No, I mean, apparently they were big pals when they first started it, so Aye. sort of makes it a means lot a lot, and it choosing the person. Here's a question, Gredo. Mm-hmm. What when you ultimately get entered into a Hall of Fame, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who would do your induction? Oh, probably Shah Noam. Who would do well, yours? Well, you, need, you need to pick one, mate. Uh, oh, it's a tough one because Shah's going to listen to us. So I'll say Shah because us, he listens and know him because he doesn't. That's, that's probably I'd go for Shah. Right. Aye, aye. Noam's okay. never going to find out about this. 
Me, I will never get inducted into a wrestling hall of fame, so I don't need to worry about it. But if I did, um, and if he was still alive, it'd probably be Jimmy Snooker. <laughs> <laughs> I like to be inducted by murderers, usually. <laughs> usually that's my thing. Paul, if you were inducted into a wrestling hall of fame, right? Who would you want to do your induction? You can ask anybody you want. So who who would you want it to be? It would have to be probably Bruce Pritchard, and only for the fact that he's my first wrestling memory. Um, when my folks got Sky, my dad, he was like, oh, you've got to check this out. Like, you'll love this, Paul. So he shows me his superstars, and it was the Brother Love Show, and it was Jake the Snake Roberts, the Big Boss Man, and Ted DiBiase with a million-dollar belt in the snake bag. And... That is like my first wrestling memory, and I told Bruce, and he turned, he turned around to me in Orlando, and he says, "Oh, wait, make me feel old, man." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just because he was, he was when when I was a wee guy, he was he was all the WWF, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? He was like everywhere, you know what yeah. I mean? He was a big, big uh, player in it. He's so, funny because I, I've got, yeah, I've got beef with him, though. I mean, I've got, you know, there's heat between me and him because of because of things that he said about a certain wrestler that I'm. I'm a big fanny at the moment, you know what I mean? He said some unkind things about a certain a certain guy who I consider a friend. No, no, Nick Aldis. No, Bingo Balance was, was he shooting no, on it was Nick. Balance? It was Nick, and he's a he's a friend of the show. He's a friend of the podcast, and I thought Bruce Pritchard was extremely ignorant when he said the things about about Nick. To be honest, um, okay. what, what, what did you make? Did you watch NW Power when it was gone, Paul? Oh, mate, it was probably the best hour of TV in in the week. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved it. And, you know, seeing some of the guys now on AEW, Ricky Starks and then Thunder Rosa coming in. And um, mm-hmm. Nick Aldis was obviously at the last pay-per-view as well. Um, I don't know if they've got like a working relationship, but it's, it's good to see something, you know, e- even though they've kind of shut down seeing their footage on AEW, you know, yeah. making them look like a, a good promotion. The series that they were doing and stuff, um, Absolutely brilliant. I, I was telling everyone, you know, you've got to watch this, you've got to watch this. It, yeah. It was great Definitely stuff. I really miss it. I really miss mm-hmm. it. Great, don't ever watch it. No, I don't <laughs> See, you've got an engagement ring. Did you? Oh, it's a, a wedding ring, yeah. Oh, sorry, a wedding ring. Yeah. So how does your other half feel about you sticking on this wrestling all the time? She's currently studying and um, she's doing a maths degree, so that takes up a lot of her time as well as her working. And um, so, whenever so she's hold studying... on, so hold on. So, while your wife is studying for her maths degree, you're watching her wrestling. I am, yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful, <laughs> uh, it's a beautiful balance there, isn't it? It's a bingo, it's a bingo balance. It's a bingo I would balance. call that <laughs> a bingo balance. Paul, what questions do you have for us? I've just really got one. Um, it's it's not really wrestling related. Um, Good. What's the best bit of advice that you've ever received? Well, that is, uh, I don't know who's to tell me, but plenty of people have specifically said to always be yourself, right? I know that's daft, I know that's nothing, but it's like, I remember, like, for example, I remember speaking to Shawans, right? And he was gone on GMTV the next day to to, to promote World of Sport, and I, and he was like, I, I'm nervous. And I was like, Look, mate, what you need today is remember who you are, completely be yourself, make an impression as soon as you walk into the room. And I mean, as soon as you walk in, you're probably going to get tainted makeup, go into makeup, and you know, 
be yourself, be confident, have a bit of, a bit of banter, be confident the way you talk. No too forward, but just like it goes, everybody likes you. You're a, you're a likable guy. Just try and get that across when you're when you're way everybody backstage and why is she going to screen? Because I've always been taught that as well. Because I remember even when I started doing the radio a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago, I was we were talking about you know little mix and somebody splitting up in Love Island, and that. for a while I would always just kind of pretend I'm interested in it when really I don't give a shit. And they were like, well, just be yourself. How do you really feel about it? And I just started to say, like, I don't care about any of this. And I'd maybe go off on a wee tangent. So I suppose be yourself enough. Is that, I don't know. Is that a good answer? Is that a good question? I don't know. John, I'm like, what do you do? You think that sounds like you've got to tell me I anyway. Who gave you that advice? I think I gave myself it. advice I've ever given, I gave it to myself. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm really struggling to think of any advice anybody's gave me that's been any help to me at all. Um, but there's plenty of people I know, for example, who I would the last thing I would tell them to do is be themselves. Aye. I'd be like, fucking be anybody else other than you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know. I mean, I can't. I honestly, really can't think of any advice that. Oh, this is a shit show. This is turned out. Huh? I think, mayor, like maybe it's not so much advice, but definitely what I took from my dad when I was a wee guy was mayor and how he mayor about how he behaved, about the calmness that he behaved. He was very calm, and even when things were, and even when he was in a bad mood or there was bad things going on, he never, he never let it come out him and affect everybody else. You know, I mean, he was a very, very calm and gentle guy. And I think, I think, no so much advice, but mere just, that's the thing. I think all, I've always tried to be um, quite calm, even when I'm maybe internally up to fucking high dough. I think but that's, that, I can definitely, that's robbed. I phone you, Rob, sorry to cut you off. I definitely think you day kind of, I think I could tell you the worst news ever and you'd probably just kind of take a minute to breathe and go, right, it's fine. There's not a woman walking at you. <laughs> Guys, I need to go as a, as a stalker. That's I've got a stalker, and right, we'll need to wrap. We'll need to wrap this run in. <laughs> um, Paul, it's been it's been nice to get somebody to come on. Obviously, all the people that have done the run in have all been great, but it's nice to get somebody to come on who could quite honestly just host the show themselves. To be honest, ah, you're right. I get, the vibe. I get the vibe that you could just actually host it. So thanks, uh, thanks so much for coming on and chatting to us. And thanks for everything that you provide to us. Honestly, we get a laugh Aye. all the time, man. I always look forward to what you contribute to the show, biggie. Big time, big time. Thanks, guys. No, any worries. Thanks so much for jumping on, man. Right, hopefully speak to you again soon. Cheers, Bronze. Thank you, my man. Cheers. See you later. Bye-bye. So thanks to Bronze Cello. And if you want to be on next week's run-in, best bet is to sign up to our Patreon as our World Heavyweight Champions get first dibs. Our Intercontinental Champs get second and Cruiserweight Champions get third. Get on patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft and get yourself involved. Come on, you can ask us some questions. You just made the list! Right, it's time for a list of wrestling daft. It's every week, right? We hear this. We ask you to vote on your list of wrestling daft, right? You go on our Patreon and, and we tell you, oh, we're going to do this list or that list, and you get to choose which list. It's amazing, but you need to be a patron to do it. But this week, as Dynamite turns one, we asked, would you like us to discuss the best moments from the show so far? Thank God you didn't pick that one, let me tell you, because I'd have been struggling to make a list. 
or we had a suggestion from listener Ian Riley who wanted us to discuss who are the best wrestlers at selling in the business and with 63% of the vote, it was the best sellers that won it. Um, so here I'm going to go with my top three best sellers in the history of professional wrestling. Okay, you ready for this? I go for it. Right, so um, oh, I blew my joke. Right, there. Right, let me try again. Uh, now it's time for my last of top three best sellers. At number one, it's got to be Stephen King. Really good. Right. <laughs> before I do this list, right? Before I do this list, John, who's my number one? Mr. Perfect. Correct. There you go, right? So there's the... <laughs> There's my. I didn't feel as if there was any point doing a doing a countdown, um, because obviously it's Mister Perfect is my number one. Uh, I'll talk a wee bit more about that in detail here. But my number three <laughs> favorite seller of all time, and this is primarily due to how he sells one specific move. Um, and I've been very very reminded of it recently because there's been a lot of footage circulating at the minute, uh, of this stuff. And uh, it's uh, it's The Rock. Um, I love The Rock selling. I love The Rock. My, whenever The Rock fought Stone Cold, it was just so exciting because I knew I would, I would see a new uh, way of selling the stunner. Um, but also, Rock is an underrated uh, seller overall, I would say. I think if you watch a lot of The Rock's uh, matches. He has a very, <clears throat> he's got a style of selling, I would say, that kind of crosses the bridge between between the very, very old-fashioned 80s style, almost cartoonish selling and mere modern kind of realistic selling. And he, and he walked that line beautifully. He could he could swing into the one or the other uh, really well. So that was uh, my number three as The Rock. Always great facial expressions. The Rock always looked like he was getting a doing when he was getting a doing. And his face he always looked like he was getting a doing. I especially as a, as a Wayne, you could. Um, it was easy to show to, to give him sympathy with the way he sold. He, you know, you were when he was getting his ass booted at FDX yep. and Triple H. You were always rooting for old Rocky. My number two. I almost went kind of put him on the list because, well, well, not to put too fine a point on it. You can't put him on the list because he murdered his wife and Wayne, right? But my number two, I have to put him on it because there's something I have to say about it is Chris Benoit. Uh, Chris Benoit always used to blow me away because when we talk about selling, right, what you normally think about when you're talking about selling, I think, is how a, how a wrestler takes a move, how they sell the move that the opponent does to them, right? No, Chris Benoit did that beautifully. But if you go back and watch some Chris Benoit, Benoit matches the new, right, today, what I'd like you to focus on is this. Look at how well Chris Benoit sells his own moves that he does. Every single move that Chris Benoit did looked real. But also, every move that Chris Benoit did that had the possibility of causing any pain to him, you could, you could see it. So when he did his diving headbutt, he would sell that. He would sell it. A lot of wrestlers nowadays will do a diving headbutt and they won't sell it themselves. They won't do the selling. 
um, because they're like, well, this is an offensive move, so it's not hurting me. But Chris Benoit's move moves many of them. His move set hurt him as well. Even the crippler crossface looked like sometimes it was agony for him as uh, well, putting it uh, on. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so, so Chris Benoit was selling constantly all the way through the match. You no, know, you know what I mean. And even like we moves and he's putting we moves on when you could see him doing you know, just a wee bit of submission stuff or a bit of chain wrestling or whatever. You, he was selling every wee wrist lock. He was like, ah, yeah, fucking. He was selling it all. You know what I mean? And um, and and just that beautiful thing of even the moves he did, he was selling them. You know what I mean? It all looked sore. Oh, it looked sore. Because um, oh, it is sore. Is the truth yet? And my number one, of course, is Kurt Hennig, who. Um, who just always made people look a million bucks, man. He fought against his matches with Bret Hart, obviously, who, and Bret Hart was a brilliant seller as well. This is a very, very difficult list today. Bret Hart was an absolutely brilliant seller. Who Bret Hart would maybe have been, Bret or Sean would maybe have been my number three if it wasn't he, The Rock I'd put in there. Love the um, chest and the buckle with, with, with Bret Hart. That was always cool. Aye. I, Bret was um, an amazing seller, and but with they matches with Kurt Hennig, Brett made uh, Mr. Perfect made Brett look like a like an absolute superstar, like a like an absolute god in the ring. You you clothesline Mr. Perfect, man. Mm-hmm. Just just give, give Kurt Hennig a clothesline, and that guy. I know people talk about Dolph Ziggler nowadays about being a big. He is a big athletic seller, like Kurt Hennig was, but it was different when Perfect did it. It was different when Perfect did it because. It, it had that thing where it was the athletic kind that almost felt like an oversell, but looked real, looked legit as well. Looked like his heat had been taken clean off when he did the... Anyway, Mr. Perfect's my number one. How many times has Mr. Perfect been my number one in these lists? Loads. Loads of times. So, anyway, you, Grado, who, uh, big sellers, good sellers. I think when he's on his day, um, in his own form, you can't beat me. I think I'm... When I'm on my game, I fucking can sell. That's what I can be asked. Um, You're a seller. You're a seller. I mean, I love selling. I, I, oh, I watch mere wrestling. I watch the selling. I love watching Ricky Martin sell. I love watching Ricky Steamboat sell. I love Flair selling. I love what they eat. Lex Luger. Lex Luger's a great fucking seller. Um, and the modern guys as well. Uh, Dolph Ziggler. Um, RVD you. as well. RVD made things look fucking brutal. Brutal. Can, I, can I tell you something I find I, I find really entertaining? See when Lesnar decides to sell. Mate, Lesnar's a great seller. Yeah, see when Lesnar decides to sell, he sells he sells like a motherfucker, man. Watch watch his match with Goldberg. The matches with Goldberg, he's selling is amazing. I love studying selling and I love I love getting wee ideas to sell it different. Like I on us, I know I put this over every week, but when I take the switch in music, I love I love taking that. I love weed bits and bobs. Aye. Shout out to Trent uh Trent Seven as well. He's a good seller as well. Um but I, I love the selling's the best bit of the wrestling, and that's why it's a completely dying out. There's no enough breathing space for, for selling these days. Folk want to go up and carry on, and no, they don't let it in breathe, they don't let it in digest. It's, it's a dying art for man. But I think it's actually in, in recent years, it's making us started to kind of go better again. Do you think, Rob? Maybe I, I, don't think, I think so, I. I think it's fair to say. Um, I think Seth Rollins is a really good seller. You know? Um Seth. I have to say as well that, I mean, we can get really... This is something the listeners need to realise here. When we're doing these lists, you're having to keep it... We're, um, we're trying to keep it um, something that you can uh, that you can properly engage with, so we're not hitting out with, like, Japanese wrestlers, not, we're not saying, like, Magnum TA, for example, right? 
was the total package, man, and he he sold beautifully. He Magnum TA is one of the best sellers of all time and all that. But we're not hitting out with all the obscure stuff. We're not we're not trying. To, we're, listen, we're no marks. We're not selling ourselves in that way, right? I'm going to give you some some things you can go and check out in the network, right? Let's see what the punters are saying. Chris says the Rock selling a Stone Cold Stunner was priceless. Yes. Yeah. HBK selling Irish whips into the turnbuckle always going over the top rope. Aye. Jim. Says Mr. Perfect was a brilliant seller. Sometimes went over the top with it, but you loved seeing him getting his boys booted all over the ring. Very true. Um, Dan says Brock Lesnar, when he wants, he can make anyone look amazing. Good shout, Dan. Very nice that you've mentioned Brock Lesnar there. Ian says Sean Michaels or Dolph Ziggler, but most recently I've loved Ortiz from AEW selling. Uh, Paul says my boy Lex. My boy. He's constant grunts and shouting, ow, after every move. Kyle says. There are some amazing sellers in the business, but MJF can make a simple slap look like the Hulk just smashed his head in. Kenny Omega also makes everyone look strong, whoever he wrestles. If you go back to his matches with Jericho and AEW and NJPW, of course, I mean, Kenny wrestled so long in Japan that, you know, and a lot of Japanese wrestling matches are big sell fests. Do you know what I mean? Big sell fests. No, I want to say as well that one of my favourite um, matches in terms of selling and it, and it was because it was over the top bad, no bad selling over the top cartoonish selling was that fucking Shawn Michaels and Hulk Hogan match I will oh, watch fuck. that any day of the week, that yeah. match to see Shawn Michaels selling the moves with Hulk Hogan, it's the funniest thing <laughs> it's the best isn't it? it's the funniest thing in the world and I know people go, some people go I hate that match because Shawn's just it's just, cheat, just cheating the fans when he's taking the piss like that Sean, the way I read that, right, see when I saw that match the first time, the way I saw it was, what Sean Michaels is doing here is he is selling the way you would sell in a classic Hulk Hogan match for back in the day. That's how people worked Hogan back in the day. That's how people worked Hogan back then. That's how they sold when Hulkamania was running wild. You know what I mean? So it was a beautiful throwback. I love that match. It's so funny. It's, so, it's also taking the pass as well, but it was so funny. Uh, Kev says Randy Orton sells better than Del Boy at the moment. Yes, Randy Orton's great, man. Special mention to Brock Lesnar and he's good with Drew. JB says Flair all day, every day. Good seller. Very good seller. Gregor says Rick Rude selling an atomic drop. <laughs> Always funny. Love that. Liam says, come on to fuck. Clearly, Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning paved the way for overselling. The man was ahead of his time. I mean, I don't like it being called overselling, though. It was just athletic, athletic, um, high-impact selling. Willie says, Brock Lesnar, I never really noticed it until his match with Daniel Bryan, but Brock made him look like a legitimate threat and almost had me believing Bryan was going to win. He's definitely the best I've seen at selling in the past decade. See Brock Lesnar sometimes, a guy that big, right, and that strong, when he gets the whole fucking wobbly legs on him and stuff, when he does that kind of selling. Stumbles and... Aye, it's like a boxer going down. It's aye. like seeing a boxer starting to go down. It's fucking dynamite, man. It's so maybe exciting. Maybe for his ass. Aye, it's so exciting, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um... That thing where when there's a Lesnar match and then it just gets to that point where there's a bit of selling where it's like, oh, he's, he's hurt him, he's hurt him. You know what I mean? It's beautiful. Uh, Alan says, I think guys like Carlito Ziggler and John Morrison's were always good at selling and if anything, it cost them. They made other people look too good. Stephen McCabe says, King of Scotland, Peter Lowell has to be up there. Peter Lowell has to be up there. <laughs> what? For selling fucking, selling modern Rasmussen for 200k is brilliant to watch each time. And Gredo, you pride yourself in your selling, but who's been the best at selling for you? Right, here's, here's a good one. Here's a good one because see, um, see the wee boot, right? Oh, fuck I. 
No, that depends a lot. It doesn't depend. You're wanting a good selling job with that, right? Uh, you're wanting somebody to take it like they're taking a shotgun to the head, right? You want a, a, a you know, a Lesnar um, taking the move after you. You want, you want that kind of who, who did it for you? And you who, who disappointed you? Don't know if anybody's disappointed in me, but if you're going to ask me, the best guy that I've been in the ring for selling. 100% it's got to be Drew again. Drew was perfect at selling things, and I, and I learned a lot for the way he sold as well, and his he's footwork, the way he'd move, and the way he'd use his hair and whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't suppose there's anybody that's never... I mean, I, I suppose when I watched back that match with Drew, I just think that... I don't think we should have finished on a wee bit. I think there's so many folk watching, it's not the strongest thing ever. It's, I think it's a good finish. I yeah, really, I think so. What for me, that finish? I think so. Also, yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's beautiful as well when a guy like Drew... A guy like that selling sells well. It's like there's no ego in that, you know what I mean? It's just totally like, oh, this is fucking hurting me, you know what I mean? It's another thing, man. Remember um, when the, the Fiend was fighting? Who was he fighting again? Um, when the Fiend was at Goldberg? And he was just fucking sandbagging him and no selling right and all that. I don't he know. Can, he can another, fuck off, man. Another thing as well is like, what I do all the time is you and my flip-flop and fly, flip, flip-flop and fly with the Dusties, the boom, right. boom, mm-hmm. boom. And it annoys me. I always fucking, it's funny when I wrestle somebody that's maybe not had much experience, I'll be hitting them and they're just kind of standing there with their face pointed out as if they say, right, go. And they take it and they wait in the next one, next one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, fucking move your feet. Boom. So I always remember that as well, right? There's a, a fucking jester, man. There was a match, Battle Roy in K- Kelly Grand Hall. And uh, Sakiba Ali, who's a wrestler in BCW, who is brilliant, by the way. And I, I loved working with him until. We had a match in East Cobray once it fell flat in his ass, but it was probably because of me, right? And I take it out on him and it was bad anyway. Uh, I just remember being in a battle royal with, with Saqib and Jack Jester and there's other folk in the ring and I just turned around and I seen Jester hit Saqib. <laughs> Nothing happened. So the next time I went, all you heard was Jester going, Sell, Saqib, sell! <laughs> sell, Saqib, sell! <laughs> you still got that Jester character going yeah, on yeah. as well. Sell! <laughs> Fucking brilliant, man. Uh, <laughs> sell to keep sell. Beautiful selling pal. I love you talk about that all day. Terry Funk kills another one. He's a great seller. Oh, right. oh my He's God, Terry Funk could sell like hell. Right. Uh, He'd probably still be good at it. You know? You'd fucking, I'm sure I've seen him doing stuff with, with AIW in Cleveland and he's like, what age is he now, man? He must be fucking 70 odd. And he still makes it, he still makes it look real because he's an old guy. Aye, some boy, any. Some boy. Can't take him anywhere. I'll be you. I'll be you soon, 40 years' time. Wrestling Daft merch, you want it, you got it. You can have a Wrestling Daft t-shirt, hoodie, phone cover, trucker cap, or one of a range of Grado-inspired bum bags at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash Mr. Wrestling Daft. Do take out the mister. On there, you'll find designs such as Alexa, who is Graham Steveley? Alexa, who is Graham Steveley? even listening she doesn't even work anymore um, I'm a mark crud chips cheese and donor meat and I'm a wrestler tea and you can even get a face mask to wear at the shops so check out our range at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft now or check out the links on our Facebook page or Twitter at wrestling daft now it's that point in the show where we jump in the wrestling daft Lorian and hit 88 miles an hour to head back and watch a classic match Grado chose a match and he went for Samoa Joe versus Kenta Kabashi from Ring of Honor July 2005. Did you pick a bloody Kenta Kabashi match when I wasn't here? Were you? 
no, I'm sure we've done this two weeks. Oh, right. I yeah. get it. This is what you did. You did. Uh, you texted to finish the show. I did pick that because I can't remember why. Do you remember, John, why exactly I picked that? We were, we were talking about Jodie Flash uh, match, and you said you were right into it that time, so you wanted to pick one similar. I, I think it's because I went through that, that kind of fast-paced dancing style, and then I kind of hit, like, I'm, I think I saw Samoa Joe versus Kabashi, which made me buy loads of Noah DVDs. And, but anyway, I picked the, 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 the Joe Kabashi match because I felt like, it was in a kind of setting where it had never been before, if you get what I mean. We yep. had, you'd never had that kind of, It was a New York crowd. It was fiery. And you're used to, like, the Japanese crowd is completely different to that type of fan base. It was different to see that sort yeah. of scenario. So I thought I've seen the match, by the way. What a match it is. Great. I think five stars as well. What a match. And a... I always like. I remember an interview with Kabashi where he was just like he loved doing matches outside Japan, and he was just constantly like kind of shocked that people knew even who he was. Kind of, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, he just what a guy, man. And Samoa Joe as well just looked. Samoa Joe would have had an. See Samoa Joe if he'd been in all Japan in fucking nineteen ninety three. You know what I mean? Or, or, or it'd have been earlier than all Japan Noah stuff. He, 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 what, he could have fit in anywhere. He could right. have fit in anywhere a guy like him. You know what I mean? Really? Samoa Joe's a great example, I think, of a guy who could probably have worked for any promotion. Mm-hmm. Worked for any promotion. I could do anything, really. Aye. <clears throat> Aye. He's like the... He's, he's much like you. Grado. He's a bit like me, man. We've seen build. But Paul says... Same bitch that's... Paul... <laughs> Paul says, I watched this with Japanese commentary. He sounded exciting for every move, excited for every move. This is missing these days. What a slap at the beginning. These guys beat the living shit out of each other. The crowd's reaction to the ending sequence was something else. So Rab's picking next. What are we going for? Rab's me, by the way. Um, right, well, it has to be because I'm just, after talking about it, I'm in the mood for watching it again. I believe it's, is it SummerSlam 2005? Sean and Hogan. Hogan and I, it's so five. SummerSlam 2005. That's a good on your WWE Network, and I want you to watch. Why don't we watch the show? Let's watch the show. You can skip some matches if you want, but let's just check out the show. But make sure you do watch on SummerSlam 2005. Hulk Hogan versus Shawn Michaels. Just, just to enjoy it again, and remember all the background, all the chat was that Shawn Michaels and Hogan just only getting on and all of that, and Michaels didn't want to um, lie down for Hogan and. And uh, and but we don't know what's true. We don't. It might just all be talk. But just enjoy the selling in that match. Well, some interesting matches to go back in that. You've got Edge and Matt Hardy at the time, which was pretty big. But I mean, I'm sure I remember that going like five minutes, which was a wee bit disappointing. But that was was that after all the. Was I think that, so. Uh, mm, you screwed Matt. Yeah. That type of idea. Yeah. 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 Um, you've got Kurt Angle and Eugene. I love Eugene. Cena and Jericho. You've got Orton and Taker. You've got Batista and JBL. Chris Benoit against Orlando Jordan. Remember him, the, the last ever match right. that Ultimate Warrior ever had in Italy with Orlando Jordan. How weird is that? I remember as well, old Rosie, man. That was a sin that happened to him. But I remember my ma saying, there's a, I can remember just my ma going like that. I'm watching Celebrity uh, Fat Camp. It's an American version. There's a wrestler on it. And I'm going, who's on that? I kind of think, I think it's a guy, Rosie. Rosie. And I'm going, who the fuck is Rosie? Totally forgot what his name was. And I watched Aye. the back of the Rosie, I forgot he kind of existed, but sad. Rest in peace. Um, let's pick our listener of the week. Who will we pick as our listener of the week? Um, there was a... What about uh, Jordy and his stories about COVID? No, I, 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 
he gets running up, but for me, I think Wes is going to get it again for her dreaming about wrestling the big show and getting chased by Bram still chair. Maybe, but I do like Stephen who hit out with Jesse the antibody Ventura though. That was perfect. So what do you think? Westy or Stephen? Westy's had that before, didn't she? Westy's had it before. Let's get Stephen. Let's get right, to on something new. We need we need to start a rocket to somebody else for a change. Westy's already been Westy's already kind of up in the main event. We need to get need to get some new blood up there. I feel but, sorry for COVID guy that's prob- that probably did spend a good 15, 20 minutes on that COVID story, you know. Yeah, but he's a future prospect. He's he a just prospect. needs to keep he just needs to keep uh, sending stuff in. He's a future prospect. He's a one to watch. He has he's got a good chance down the line, but it's time for some new blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that is going to go to was it Richard, was it? No, uh, Stephen. Stephen's what Stephen. Stephen's a new blood. Uh, Westy is the what was it? She's Millionaire a vet. Or something? She's what a vet. Well the next week we have um Nah, in fact I mean. I was say Halloween related wrestler puns. <laughs> nah. Why not? That would yeah. be good. <laughs> Send us in some. But it's no Hall- it won't be Halloween yet, though, will it? It'll be the week after we won. Right, okay. week after, after. He's just two weeks. I like the puns, man. I think they're dead funny. Um, what do you think? Or so, what, you mean like Skeleton Benjamin? <laughs> <laughs> right, that's okay. it for this week's show. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple or get us in wherever you get your podcast. Plus, remember, we now go twice a week. You can catch us on a Friday, and you can catch a Mark's podcast on a Tuesday. Also, remember, get on our Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft to check out the video version. And why not buy yourself a t-shirt? Shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. And thanks so much for all the support. You are keeping us going in these difficult times, and we really appreciate it. We know times are tough out there as well, so we appreciate all the help you're giving us. Um, speak to you soon. Grado, Garber Odin. It's yourself up there, up, 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 up yourself, up yourself, up, up yourself, up yourself, up yourself, up yourself. John, what's your catchphrase again? I've got fuck off. Is it? Oh, is your catchphrase? Oh, Lana, I love you. I love you, Lana. Keep, my you my catchphrase in the market marks is keep marking out. Is it? That is. Well, <laughs> see it as well then. Jeez, oh. Right. You know you listen to. Oh, of course, I forgot. So it is. Uh, so as you see it every episode. Right, well, you didn't start saying it until a few episodes in, though. Right, That's so, Grado. Sorry, I've just... yourself up the road. Was it, was it Jimmy Wang? Was that his name? <laughs> Jimmy what Wang. Was who, was who yeah. Jimmy Wang? Was he in WCW, Jimmy Wang? Aye, aye, aye. Jimmy Fang. Oh, very good. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Two count Dracula. What? Two count Dracula. <laughs> Go get that one. Alright, I, I, I get it, I get it. You count Dracula. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else did you get? That'll be us. Here once more. I don't know, what are you like today? It's just two minutes. Million dollar wolf, man. <laughs> what but Hey, hold on, hold on. What? <laughs> Big Papa Pumpkin. That's <laughs> a belter. Let's see. Yeah. Oh, G- give me, give me one. Oh, give me one, man. Hold on. Um, just try to hit fun Halloween words. Um, oh, Jean Whiskey. <laughs> nah, that's terrible. Jean Whiskey. Well, witch is in it, witch. Ah, that's fucking ridiculous. 
anywhere. Up the road. Hey, okay. <laughs> Drops. Let me know just, next week. It gets you going, doesn't it? it really nah, gets, gets you going. going. Let's say right. Up the road, night, night, and right, and John. Keep marking out. <laughs> Audio Frontier. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.